3: How will a new occupant of the White House influence U.S. technology policy, for example, net neutrality? We'll have more coming up, but right now let's go to Charlie Pellet in the Bloomberg Newsroom for Bloomberg Business Flash. And I uh, thank you, Pim Fox. We've
1: got the Dow, the S and P, Nasdaq all declining on this Friday. And we're brought to you by Sector Spider ETFs. Why buy a single stock when you can invest in the entire sector? Visit SectorSPDRS.com or call one eight six six Sector. ETF. Stocks slipping in light trading, falling for the first time in six days. Stocks are on track for a winning week. Investors are weighing the potential for further gains with shares near records and corporate earnings projected to drop for a fifth quarter. Citigroup said second quarter profit fell 17% on lower revenue from consumer banking, beating analyst estimates as fixed income trading rebounded and the firm dedicated less money to soured loans. Citigroup shares lower today by six tenths of 1%. Jim Senegal is senior equity strategist at Morningstar. He was interviewed this morning on Bloomberg Television. City navigated uh, the quarter very well on the trading side of things, although uh, investment banking fee type revenue was down. Consumer credit uh, performed very well around the world, uh, in the U.S., in Asia, in Latin America. Credit quality is actually improving to some extent. And uh, for City, at least, the, the rate environment has not been as big of a headwind as we might have ex- expected Also reporting today, Wells Fargo. It said second quarter profit fell 2.8% as more energy loans soured. Wells Fargo down 2.9%. And U.S. Bancorp, which is the nation's largest regional lender, posted record second quarter profit. The beat analyst estimates is shares up now by 1.2%. The Dow, little change, down a point. S&P down 4, a drop there of 2 tenths of 1%. NASDAQ down 7, a drop of 2 tenths of 1%. Gold down $4 the ounce. To 1328, a drop of three tenths of one percent, and crude oil, West Texas Intermediate, up twenty-two cents, forty-five ninety a barrel, up five tenths of one percent. 232 on Wall Street. Now we'll look at other stories making news.
2: Thank you, Charlie. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm June Grosso. At least eighty-four people are dead on the French Riviera in Nice after an attacker in a truck drove into crowds celebrating Bastille Day. Matt Olson, former director of the National Counterterrorism Center, says it's not clear if the attacker had help from accomplices.
3: We can expect, perhaps, that the pace of these types of attacks, whether they're lone wolf attacks or or small uh, numbers of people carrying out these attacks in the West, may well increase and they're very difficult to defend
2: against. Secretary of State John Kerry met with his Russian counterpart in Moscow today. Kerry's in Russia to discuss Syria and other hot spots. Now he's joining the rest of the world in reacting to the devastating truck massacre last night. Speaking to Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov, Kerry addresses the recent responses to terrorism.
1: The problem is that you and I and other foreign ministers and leaders of countries are now doing this almost on a weekly basis.
2: President Obama will speak about the Nice attacks at 3.10 Eastern Time. You can hear it live on Bloomberg Radio. The White House predicted today that the government's budget deficit for the soon-to-end fiscal year will hit $600 billion. That's an increase of $162 billion over last year's tally. It reverses a steady trend of large but improving deficits on President Barack Obama's watch. It's cost New Jersey taxpayers $8.2 million for Governor Chris Christie's private attorneys who are handling the fallout from the George Washington Bridge Lane closing case. Global news 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. Charlie?
1: And we thank you. And again, recapping equities lower S&P down 4 to 2,159, a drop of two-tenths of 1%. I'm Charlie Pellett, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. This is Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes
3: and Kim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. It used to be a chicken in every pot and a car in every garage. Now it is high-speed Internet in every home. Technology policy, courtesy of the candidates running for president of the United States. Ev Ehrlich is the former undersecretary of commerce in the Clinton administration, is currently the president of ESC Company, and he joins us from Washington, D.C., home to Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7. HD2. Ev, thank you very much for being with us. Tell us about the policies that are being put forth by the candidates. Let's begin with Hillary Clinton and how important it is to put together a technology policy for the United States. Well,
4: first, that's the zeroth order point, that there has to be a technology policy, that uh, this isn't something that just happens and springs out of the brow of Zeus. Uh, The high-tech sector is one in which the public and private sectors have played defined roles that have interrelated throughout their history, and I think that the uh, sector is entitled to a vision from any leading candidate as to how they imagine that proceeding. Uh, From uh, from Hillary Clinton, we've seen a fairly detailed one, uh, and... That's uh, admirable in the sense that it understands what all the interrelationships are, that it covers not just incentives for expanding uh, Internet and Internet infrastructure, but support for R&D, support for STEM and other types of education, uh, action against patent trolls. It understands these interrelationships. Uh, on the other side of the fence, we really haven't heard anything uh, from Donald Trump, and I think that speaks to basic worldviews about how the economy works that are also of great concern to the tech sector.
3: Let's focus on some of the details of Hillary Clinton's plan. For example, expansion of 5G mobile data and also making inexpensive Wi-Fi available at airports and train stations.
4: That's... that's so important. Uh, consumers have demonstrated at every turn in modern economic history that they value mobility and flexibility, and the future of broadband Internet is going to be mobile, and not just the Internet of Things, but uh, much much as people were willing to accept some modest sacrifice of quality to get a mobile as opposed to a landline phone, uh, they're going to do that for connectivity without the need to accept in the long term. Term, any diminished capabilities uh, so uh, America is the global leader uh, unrivaled in mobile telephony and in mobile signal carriage uh, and the 5G program that's just come out of the FCC and that Mrs. Clinton appears to endorse and be on the same page with is very important
3: Now have you, you mentioned just <clears throat> a moment ago the issues related to education and one of the, uh, Hillary Clinton's proposals is to attach a green card to the diplomas of foreign-born students who earn STEM degrees. Tell us about that.
4: uh, That's a very interesting piece of thinking, Uh, and I think it speaks to two things. One is the importance of STEM education, and the other is the recognition that the U.S. is a magnet for the world's finest minds. Uh, I read in a letter published by Tech Secular Executives yesterday that 40% of the startups uh, that occur in the United States are either first or second generation immigrant families. And if uh, you can continue that flow of talent to the U.S., then you're taking very important steps to sustain the innovation that uh, the American economy is known for.
3: Now, based on your experience in Washington as a former undersecretary uh, for the commerce at the Clinton administration, uh, can you speak to whether Congress will support any of these proposals with actual either legislation and money?
4: Uh, it, the situation in tech has historically been less partisan than in many other areas. The, the big banks of the modern Internet was the 1996 Telecom Act, which was really a bipartisan piece of legislation. Uh, and in some ways uh, one uh, one side of the debate or the other might uh, make headway, like for example Title II, but the world is going to try to move on past that so long as it's not implemented in a brutally heavy-handed way. So I think there is the prospect. There is some partisan divide about whether or not we should have anchor institutions and Lifeline and E-Rate. Uh, and what strikes me as remarkable is that the uh, members of Congress who oppose those programs have districts that were probably electrified by TVA and uh, that received telephony because of efforts to promote rural telephones.
3: I want to thank you very much for spending time with us and illuminating this issue. Ev Ehrlich is a former Undersecretary of Commerce for the Clinton administration, currently the president of ESC Company. They're based in Washington, D.C., of course, home to Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 HD2. You're listening to Taking Stock. I'm Pim Fox. Coming up, we'll be taking a look at studies in violent extremism. People obtain videos that suggest various ways of attack, including running people over akin to yesterday's Bastille Day tragedy in Nice, France, in which 84 people are confirmed dead. You're listening to Taking Stock. This is Bloomberg. This Hamptons Commuter Minute is brought to you by Land Rover. When towers seem like trees and roads become rivers, the Range Rover Evoque is there to guide you through the twists and turns of urban jungle. Visit your tri-state Land Rover dealer today for details. Land Rover, above and beyond.
0: The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum, powered by Bloomberg.